Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's Exceptionally Effective Esquire. This is Brooke Walker with 100 Years of Bliss, and today we are going to talk about meditation. And I absolutely love meditation, and I'm going to talk about why I absolutely used to hate meditation. And I understand that a lot of people have never tried it. A lot of people think it's not for them. A lot of people um, are not a fan of it, especially when we're talking about the legal world. A lot of people will do anything to avoid doing meditation over other things. There are ways that you probably already do it and you're not aware of. And I'm also going to tell you why you absolutely need to do meditation. There is and breathing. And I'm going to do a different one for breathing because it's a completely different, um, there's a lot of other things that go into breathing separate from meditation. But today we're going to focus on meditation. Meditation and breathing really do go together hand in hand. Um, and I want you to understand why this is important and how I began to find this and create this in my life in a way that's just been phenomenal and how much I have changed my life using meditation. Meditation is like a, a pass to access and intensify and create and beautify so many things in your life. And I know that sounds extreme, but we're going to really dive into why meditation is so important and why I think that you need to add it to your life immediately. And even if you just do it on the most minimal level, we're going to talk about the benefits that it has on your body, on your emotions, on your life, and the science behind why. Because if it wasn't for the research I've done on meditation, I would have never done it. I am not particularly, if you've listened to me, you know I cuss, you know I... I'm pretty no bullshit about things and I'm really not into the woo-woo. So when I talk about meditation, like, I mean, it should be, you know, I should, I need to say it, but it is, it is not about some kind of, it's not the spiritual side of it. Although I consider myself spiritual, I did not get into it because of that. And I, and it's interesting. It's, it's something I talked to my dad about when I got into working with attorneys because as I've shared with you all, my dad's an attorney. He um, retired a couple years ago, but he practiced law for, I don't know, pretty much when I was born. So 40 some years. And he, one of the things he always did was meditate. And when my dad was going to college, so my parents, my parents met before college, they actually met in high school, but when my dad was in college, my parents actually went and got trained in transcendental meditation. And I'm sharing this story with you because I'm going to tell you why I hate meditation. <laughs> so my parents were trained in transcendental meditation. There was actually, my dad went to Dartmouth. Um, and when he was going, you know, they were going there, he... Um, was known because he was on the hockey team and he was a goalie and he was known uh, for being one of the few people on the team that meditated and a lot of people started doing what they were what him and my mom were doing because they were very good at what they did and when something works you want to find out what it is and you start copying I mean that's just the way things are you know it doesn't matter um, what the reason is, it's just, you just want to figure out, okay, well that person's getting great results. Now, fast forward, my parents had kids. They didn't particularly teach us how to meditate. I don't know why I'm not, I, it had fallen enough away in their life a few years later, or maybe it's just that you get a couple kids down the road and the things you may have done, you know, falls off. I, if, if you have children, you understand. You have the best of intentions before you have the first one. You still keep with 90% of it when you have the first one. And then as soon as you have the second one, pretty much everything goes to shit. <laughs> you know, you're like, because, you know, I mean, I remember when I had my first kid, it was, um, you know, I was making fresh baby food and I was, you know, fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and grinding it and all this cooking it and grinding it and, you know, 
And then by the time I had my, <laughs> by the time I had my second one, I was like, yeah, you can buy this in a jar and it's probably pretty good. <laughs> so, um, my parents didn't teach us meditation, but then being raised in the dysfunction that I was raised in growing up, which I've shared before, I was raised in a cult, which is, well, which is a longer story I'm not going to get into today because uh, it's not important. But I was always told to go meditate when I was in that environment and there, but I was also told that it was, it was very dysfunctional. It was very forced. Uh, nobody ever told me how, nobody ever told me techniques, nobody ever talked about breathing, nobody ever talked about ways to do it better. Um, I was told to drink before I did it, which is incredibly unproductive. Don't drink before you meditate. You're not going to get anywhere. Um, so coming from that, I had a very skewed view on meditation. I had no desire to do it. I thought that it was a bunch of bullshit. It was, and coming out of the cult as well, I was very much anti any, most types of spiritual anything. It's taken, it took me time to begin to reopen myself back up to things because I had had a negative experience. And you may have had that. You may have had somebody who showed you the wrong side of something, so it closed you off to it. So I hope that this will help you to look at this differently. One of the things that got me back into meditation was opening myself up to the science of the benefits that it could do. Because at the end of the day, if there's not a what's in it for me, nobody's going to do it. And this is all about what's in it for you, why you would do meditation. So when I got reintroduced into meditation, um, First off, I, I got reintroduced why I was getting my degree and I was in a class about um, I was in a class about healing and I was going to school for psychology, but it was about the spiritual aspects of healing, because if you followed um, if you follow along, whether in any kind of medical field, it's very well known that attitude has a huge uh, impact on healing. They actually years ago began telling doctors to stop giving patients uh, expectant dates of death when somebody was terminal because they found that there was a lot of people when they stopped doing that there was more people who survived and lived through it and didn't die before the expected date of death because there's something about the mental um, aspect of that so i was so i took this class and we began doing these amazing meditations and i was like whatever i have to do it for the class so i'm you know so one of the meditations we would do, we would practice moving blood around our body. This is a really interesting technique, but basically it is um, a lead meditation where you listen to somebody telling you what to do. Lead meditations are really nice if you have little experience in meditation. Because when you listen to a meditation that somebody's leading you and guiding you through it, because you're following along with them and you're paying attention to that, it allows you to not get into the circus of thoughts that could be going through your brain. <clears throat> At the end of the day, one of the main things about meditation is, is to train your brain and to focus. And there's a lot of um, misinformation out, out there about having an empty, empty head and that is what I think a lot of people get turned off by. The way that I teach meditation, and I teach meditation because I wanted, I wish somebody would have taught it to me this way. So I've learned to teach meditation in a way that I don't, I do not follow some specific type of meditation. This is about what I find to be really beneficial for uh, somebody, even if they're new to it, somebody if they want more advanced techniques, um, so I can go into a lot of depth with it. But I also, my biggest thing is why you need it, because if this is something you'll input into your life on a regular basis, it will completely transform your life in so many ways. So um, when I was introduced to it, I was in a really bad place in my life. I was physically in a um, 
just I was physically having a lot of problems I was having migraine headaches I was at the highest weight that I had ever been prior to having um, prior to having uh, one of my kids I had never lost more than a little bit of weight after my last one and this was <laughs> this was a decade later so no excuses um, so I was I was very overweight migraine headaches every time I exercised it would put me into a migraine I was um, had a lot of depression had a lot of anxiety I was working really hard felt like I was not getting anywhere and I was in a very um, I had just come out of a pretty bad relationship at the time as well very abusive uh, emotionally abusive person and so not to mention I was you know I'd been raised in a very abusive environment so when I began to practice after after school and practicing learning it in school and these ones we would do on moving the blood around our body and these lead meditations there was a there was I began reading the science behind it and there were studies that were done on people who were getting back surgery so they had taken a controlled group of people who were getting a very specific back surgery and you know as they do in a study half of them they did nothing with and then half of them what they did is they um, had them practice a meditation where they would focus prior to be being put under on how their body was going to move the blood away from the surgery site during the surgery to lose less blood during surgery and you know I mean surgeries they're very measured so they know exactly how much blood you lose in any given surgery they they you know they measure all these things so um, everybody who had done the meditation prior to the surgery versus the ones who did nothing lost I want to say it was it was in the 70% less blood that is a significant number so I remember thinking at the time, I was like, oh, okay, well, there was some science of this. But I mean, that was, at the time, I also was not in the place where um, I knew how to input that into my life. So fast forward a year or two and was working for somebody and I saw, and if you're familiar with him, he is phenomenal, but I saw Joe Dispenza speak. And this was 2012, I think. And... Um, if you're familiar with Joe Dispenza, the main thing he does is he works on he works on helping people heal from all different types of things. He has these amazing workshops, but basically what he does is mostly meditation based. And he goes deep, 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 deep into all different types of meditation. Um, I don't. I, I'm not looking to do what he does. I'm looking to help people implement it on a regular basis so they can improve their day-to-day -day life. I'm not looking at working with people who are have the chronicle type of illness that he had. But the reason that he does what he does is because, so he was a, he was a doctor, he was a chiropractor, he was um, actually in a triathlon and he was hit by a car. And he shattered five vertebrae. And when they took him to the hospital, obviously the doctor said what doctors say, which is you need a full fusion spinal surgery. And he said he wanted a second opinion. And he, by the time he got to the fifth opinion, um, he was set on the fact that he didn't want to have surgery because he knew the effect that surgery has on you. And he had a very long history with yoga and meditation and he believed that his body could heal itself if he did everything to do it and so he began visualization now when I say this I mean we're talking about somebody who has five shattered vertebrae he can't walk he's laying face down on a table because he can't put any weight on he can't even put enough weight to lay on his back and he has a friend take him home face down and ate incredibly clean and began doing meditations where he would visualize his entire body healing from the bottom to the top every day, several times a day. He walked out of his friend's house nine weeks later. And he was warned by doctors that he might um, actually cause more damage. He might be paralyzed if he didn't listen to them, everything. 
and he did it anyway and he totally healed himself in nine weeks you see him walk around you'd never know that he had uh, been through what he's been through but I remember seeing and hearing this man on stage talking about healing his body and there I am I'm in one of the worst places of my life emotionally definitely in the worst place in my life physically and just as far as being heavy um, I had had heart surgery a few years before that and I mean I was I was 30 I mean this was a decade ago so I was yeah I was about 32 and I I just I remember being so fucking desperate and as much as I was not really into meditation I was like okay it's <laughs> like here's somebody who has done this Maybe I can get a little bit of results. Maybe I can get something, you know. Maybe I can reduce how I feel some of the time because I was stressed out. I was raising my two children by myself, um, not making a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, this, this is worth trying. I'll buy his book. That was what I was willing to do. Which even for me at the time, because I was just, you know, I mean, it wasn't, I was a single mom of two kids, intermittently getting child support and stuff. So 20 bucks was a lot for me at the time, believe it or not. Now I'd be like, whatever. But, um, and I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, okay, um, I'm going to buy this book. But I couldn't afford the book and the CD. The CD had the meditations, but he had them all in the book and you can do them and you can record them yourself. I just didn't have the ability to get everything because it was like 50 bucks to get the whole package or some shit. And, but I was like, okay maybe this can help a little bit and it began making incredible improvements in my life it changed the way I thought in a lot of different ways uh, it calmed me down and I have said this to so many people I have begged people to meditate when somebody tells me they have an enormous amount of stress and this is why I think this is incredibly important for attorneys when somebody tells me that they have an enormous amount of stress, I'm like, you need to meditate. 10 minutes a day. If you only ever did 10 minutes a day and gave it, and gave it really good effort for 10 minutes a day to put yourself in that calm state you will calm yourself down all the time. Now, it doesn't mean you're not reacting to things, but your reaction is so much lower. Like the things that would happen with my kids, and I was a very um, reactive parent, so, and I was raising teenagers at the time, so you know, something would happen, it would send me through the roof, all of a sudden something would happen, and instead of going to an eight, I would, you know, like on a scale of one to 10, right? Instead of going to an eight, I would go to like a five. And I remember being like, gosh, this doesn't, like, I'm like, like, I mean, you know, I'm not happy about it, I'm upset, or I, you know, frustrated, or, you know, they did something they shouldn't have done, and, but I would, I would be in a better state to take care of the situation because overreacting to something does not help you manage it. And I'm going to talk about the science about this as well. This is why this is so important. I swear to you, we would have a completely different planet if everybody spent 10 to 15 minutes a day meditating. Because when you do that, and here's the thing, you guys, here's the thing about meditation. This is about training your brain. We are so inundated with social media, with being reactive to our phones, with being reactive to the people in our life, whether, you know, the news, and, and we are inundated all the time with these outside signals. Meditation is the one thing that makes you completely in control with you. It is you dictating it. But because we're so used to being um, affected by all this outside stuff, we are not controlling our lives. We are letting ourselves be controlled. And meditation puts you back in the fucking driver's seat. 
My God, why wouldn't you want that? Why don't you want to be in control of what you do? Meditation allows you to be in control. It's you dictating how this day is going to go. It's you dictating, you know, not just because you got into your car today and decided you're going to drive to work. This is you dictating like, no, like, I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And there's the basics of the the initial stuff that goes into meditation, which is phenomenal, by the way. But um, like just calming yourself down which is amazing like if you did nothing but just reduce your stress you're it's it's gonna change your life but when you start adding in the other things that you can make meditation do for you where you can begin to make it i mean basically i mean let's you know make meditation your bitch <laughs> i am the only medit I, I i am convinced i'm probably the only meditation teacher who's gonna say those things to you so maybe you just found the person worth listening to meditation about because of that but it basically it gives you the it gives you the power back it gives you the power back to your life and so and and let's talk about i said i was going to talk about the science so let's talk about the science so I um, when I'm when I'm teaching different stuff, I, I like to do these things called nerd alerts. And nerd alerts means <clears throat> there is um, a bunch of scientific studies behind it. I think they're fun. I enjoy them. I I nerd out on this stuff. I can just dive into the what's and the why's and the hows, and I it, it I love it. I love studies on this kind of stuff because it is fascinating to me. And the reason I bring this to attorneys is because you guys love it too. You guys did not get into law school because you weren't going to spend your life studying and reading a bunch of books, you know. So um, if you're not, I don't know why you got into law school, but, you know, good luck. <laughs> Excuse me while I take a sip. So um, here's the thing. So we have something called an amygdala. And the amygdala is something in the brain. It is an almond-shaped mass, and it is responsible for your reaction to emotions. So basically, it's responsible for anger, fear, aggression, sadness. And what happens is, is when you um, are triggered by something, and this could be something in work, this could be a, a case, this could be um, a, some, something in your family life, driving down the road and somebody almost hits you. What happens is, is your amygdala, your amygdala is going to blow this little horn to your body and it's going to begin, your amygdala tells the body to release hormones. It's like, release the Kraken. <laughs> so, um, and that activates your fight or flight response. Your fight or flight response, which is your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system, your sympathetic is your, is your fight or flight and your parasympathetic is your calming. Um, when your fight or flight is is reacting, basically these met these hormones begin to drop in your body, and the hormones that drop they begin to affect the way your entire body runs. It's basically like your body is all of a sudden reacting like a bear just came into your to the room, or a lion just came into the room. So think about a bear comes in you're all of a sudden your body is going to snap your amygdala tells the body release the hormones and then your digestion system turns down turns off because you don't need to digest if you're trying to survive and you're in a survival response you don't need to digest anything your sexual hormones turn off that's everything from your sexual drive to just your ability to reproduce because your body's not trying to reproduce if it's trying to get out of the situation your brain turns off get this you guys your fucking brain turns off so your brain turns off because it's about you reacting as quickly as possible so and then your heart rate increases so your heart's gonna be again beating faster you may begin sweating uh, your mouth is gonna get dry typically because you're not supposed to be digesting so a dry mouth is is a symptom of that and all of this is happening because uh, the amygdala has turned on because you've told it that there is something important that is stressing you out that needs to be taken care of unfortunately we don't fight bears in the day-to-day -day world anymore because um, but we do the same thing and our body has the same response you could go into this response just remembering 
a stressful case that you worked on a year ago. Your body does not understand the difference between what is happening now and what happened six years ago. You could turn on, you could turn all of this on just by thinking about uh, some bullshit that happened in your childhood. You could turn this on just by thinking about um, a car accident you were in. All of a sudden your body's going to snap on and it's going to drop these, begin dropping hormones into your system and all of a sudden you're in this fight or flight response. What meditation does, and there's studies about this, um, participants that have started meditation programs begin to shrink the activity of the amygdala. And that's starting. I mean, this is like, and these effects last even when their participant isn't meditating. So you begin to shrink the amygdala and basically it's telling your body like, no, I got this. We're okay. We don't need to be stressed out. I know how to handle this situation. You know, you're like, you're, you're, you're like giving yourself a little hug and be like, we're good. We don't, we don't need to, we don't need to stress out over this. We know how to handle this. Meditation does that. Even for short, even somebody who's only began meditating for a week will begin to get these effects, you guys. In as little as a week, you can begin to turn off the fight or flight response in your body. And there's very few things that will automatically turn that off. And the problem and the reason that you want these things, you want the fight or flight turned off is because your body responds better. It is no mistake, and if you've heard me talk, you've heard me say this before. It is no mistake that our um, that the people across this planet, but but especially in the U.S., are on blood pressure medication, digestive issues, and things for hormones, because our fight or flight responses have been going, and so our bodies are fucked. And it's in in they they have a lot of studies that show that meditation actually reduces. Um, reduces stress enough that it can also, it can help increase memory. Um, it can help you heal. It can help you relax more. So you're in a healing state because your body doesn't heal when you're in a fight or flight response. You can either be in a healing state or you can be in a fight or flight response. If your body's in a fight or flight, it is not in the healing mode. So you have to turn that healing mode back on. And you can only do that by turning off that, which is a hormonal thing, but it's also telling your body that it doesn't need to be stressed. This is about you controlling and taking care of your life. Um, it has been shown that meditation can be as good as many pharmaceuticals. Um, it's been effective as antidepressants, blood pressure medicine, and acids. Now, I am not recommending you start meditation and you go off all your medications. What I am saying is it's something you have to talk to your doctor about. But if, if you could get off your medications by doing something, uh, doing a practice that is going to improve your life in all these different ways, why wouldn't you? It increases fertility. It allows your sex organs to turn on. Um, people wonder all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, we have so many men that are having problems with testosterone and having issues with um, erectile dysfunction and we have so many women who can't get pregnant and can't have orgasms like there is a reason why you guys you know first off the body has to be in a relaxed state and if your body is not in a relaxed state why the hell would it want to be turned on that's not the way it works if you want to have better sex meditate and I know people are like what but yeah, there's really very few things that this can't improve. It improves productivity. Um, and they've done it in studies for maintaining memory for testing. So they've done it in a lot of college students. Um, and these changes that it does are, are long-term changes. They have been bringing breathing and meditation techniques um, into part into people who've had PTSD, into uh, veterans and stuff, military, and they're finding that it's not only effective but it's long-term effective, meaning that those who use it, even when they're not using it, are getting the effects of it. 
And think about this, you guys. If you're on a medi medication, there's always a side effect. There's no side effect. There's no negative side effect to meditation. And you may have excuses. So let's talk about excuses why people don't meditate. I don't have the time. 10 minutes a day. If you don't have 10 minutes a day, I don't know why you're listening to me. Everybody has 10 minutes a day. It will make you more productive. You will get more done. I guarantee you. It's like when you start going to the gym. Initially, you're like, God, I'm fucking tired. But the more you start doing it, you're like, I've never gotten so much done in a day because I have more energy because I'm taking better care of my health. Meditation is going to do a lot of the same stuff for you. So, um, a lot of people, so breathing is a whole nother thing. We're going to have a completely different, uh, one on breathing. So bear with me on that. Cause we're not going to go into that today. I am going to touch on what people get stuck on, which is how you're supposed to meditate when you're supposed to meditate. Um, and I like to use <laughs> the Prince song. Um, kit, I, <laughs> I just want your extra time and your kiss. Keep it fucking simple. Keep it simple, stupid. So I realize people don't have extra time, especially if you're an attorney. You're spending a ridiculous amount of hours. But if I told you you could get more work done in a day so that your billable hours were easier to reach, you would feel like you're moving through it more smoothly. You would feel like you can turn off... You could turn off the stress at the end of the day so that you could go home and be a better parent or spouse or community leader. If you, what if you, after having a shit day, you know, I'm talking about the day where you've had a really rough trial and, or you've had a really hard day with employees or you've had a really hard day with employers or co-workers and you're just done with your day and you have to walk into your home because you still want to be the best version of you for the people that you love meditation will help you do that and you don't necessarily t need to sit in your car for 30 minutes you could spend once you meditate on a regular basis you could spend two or three minutes just getting focused to be able to calm yourself down and get yourself in that meditative state so that you can walk in the door and it's it's like washing off what happened for your day it's like you just washed off all that stress and you walk into your front door and you are at a hundred percent present for the people that you love in your life that's what I want to give attorneys. That is the one thing you guys need. You need that ability. You need that ability to be able to let it all go in a moment, to be there for the most important stuff without all those thoughts creeping in. And meditation allows you to train your brain in a way so that you can achieve that on a regular basis whenever you want. That is fucking power that is power and that is why meditation is amazing um, and how do you do it so I guess that that's the next thing to talk about is how do you meditate and when do you meditate and you know what's the right kind of meditation and first off I mean dedicate 10 to 15 minutes a day I don't know what works for you if you've never done it before start with 10 I really do recommend at least starting with 10 I think 5 is not quite enough but I mean, if somebody isn't going to do it because they can't start at five, then start at five. But I would say start at 10. 10 minutes and at a time of day that works best for you. There may be a reason. I, I really like to meditate in the morning. I do a meditation before I get out of bed. I meditate again before I start working. And those are two very different meditations. The one before I get out of bed is something just because I'm going to go spend two hours at the gym and eat and everything before I start work. So that one is just to get me. And that one's just absolutely selfishly all about me. 
I turn on whatever I want to turn on that and and I will do some just um, something called binaural beats where you turn on headphones and you'll have a tone in each ear the benefit of that and I'm not going to go too deeply into this but the benefit of that is that helps to get you in the brainwave state to get the best out of your meditation so if you're familiar a little bit with brain waves, um, we know that there's different states. We have sleeping states, we have awake states, we have states that we're bettied, be, better able to study in. And binaural beats or, um, oh, there's another word that's escaping me at the moment. Anyway, when you, you, you can use headphones and what it is is they put two tones in your ears so it helps to achieve a state without you having to get to it and they've learned that there's different states that we learn better in so like if you're trying to study um, that's really beneficial but if you're trying to meditate you can also do certain types of brain put you in a brainwave state so you can calm and it's a great way to start meditation practice sometimes I do lead meditations I have to change my meditation regularly as far as my early morning ones because I get bored um, and I will, um, if, if I'm bored, I'm not listening to it. And if I'm not listening to it, my mind begins to wander. So that's the biggest thing people have is like, how do I train my mind to stop wandering? You don't. I mean, monks do that shit for, you know, 50 years without really achieving it. I mean, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying you have to focus on something different. Trying to empty your mind is like, you know, trying to get air out of a garbage can. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not like, it's not like that. And the purpose of meditation is to get you in a calm state so that almost like your inner voice can be, can talk to you in a way that's important for, and, and knowing what the inner voices is and how, and, and learning how to separate everything from the outside from what's inside of you. We have an inner intelligence about ourselves. We have a, you know, we have all these things that are going on and you can call it a, you can call it a consciousness, you can call it a higher power, but we get very inundated, again, back to what we get told by everything outside of us. We get so inundated, it's hard to, separate what is us from what is other people you know and and especially the people that are close to us you know figuring out what's me versus like this was a, a really important thing having children like when I had teenagers there were days where because I had my kids really young. So there was days that I was set off by my kids and I, was, and I would have to figure out like, is this me or is this my kid? There were days that my kids would come to me for help and I would be so into my own stuff, I was not really totally there for them. There were days that I felt guilty about the way that I had parented in the past because there was times that I was very toxic, that I was so busy feeling bad about the way that I had parented, I still wasn't parenting fully from right now. And this is something, another way that it, this helped me show up and be there and not be in my bullshit so that I could actually be there for my kids, be there for my son, be there for my daughter. It's about getting yourself out of the way when you need to, to do what needs to be done. And, and your clients are going to be a great example of that. What better gift can you give your clients than showing up for them without all your emotional bullshit and garbage what if you get a client who's going like like what if you're in the middle of a divorce and your client comes in who's going through a divorce and you're and you're representing them and you're getting triggered because their ex does similar things that you've done or vice versa like how well are you going to show up for that client like you're either, you, you know, you're, you start, you start enmeshing yourself into their bullshit and enmeshing just means that, you know, you, you tie yourself into it, but it also, you're not actually sh representing and showing up well for them because you're basically making it all about yourself. So it's kind of selfish. Parents do it all the time. 
the best way you'll become the better parent in your life is when you can um, be there for your kid without putting all of your stuff on them. It's one of the most common things that we as parents do. We have expectations of our kids. We have this, we have that. We have all these ideas about what we want for their life, but sometimes we fail to find out what they want for their own lives. And pulling ourselves away from that, part of that is meditation. Meditation will grow you in ways that you never thought that it would be able to. And so meditating 15 minutes. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to schedule it. Schedule meditation. If you're a morning person, do it in the morning. If you have trouble sleeping at night, maybe you need to do it at night. Maybe 10 minutes before you need to, before you go to bed to just take some really soothing breaths and just to relax yourself so that you can turn everything off from the day. Maybe that's the best time for you. There is no judgment on when you meditate. Anything regular is going to be amazing. So, um, but finding a, finding a quiet place to do it. And the benefit is once you begin a regular meditation, it is easier to get to that meditative state. It is easier to, I like the morning because it lets me get started. My second meditation in the morning is all about focusing towards putting me in the place so that I can deliver my best for um, what I'm doing that day and the people that I'm serving that day. So some of that is um, putting me in, it, trying to bring me into a really high state that I feel like I can show up where I try to leave all of my stuff at the door so that I can be their best for my clients. And, do you know, doing these. Like I, I focus very hard to get myself into a place that I can deliver this to you because it's really important. Um, a lot of people say you're supposed to be silent. Silence isn't empty, it's full of answers. Uh, they believe that you're supposed to clear your mind. It's supposed to focus your mind. So many of the greatest inspirations come from meditation. So it's brilliant what happens when we calm the chatter just enough, but the mind will never be a void. Okay? It's, so it's separating out the stuff like I get some amazing inspirations while I meditate. I get inspirations on things that I want to add to my business. I get inspirations on, you know, if I'm going, if I'm having a difficulty with a relationship in my life, whether that's a family member or my children or somebody that's important to me, basically I, a lot of times I will get inspirations and ideas when I meditate because it calms everything enough down that, um, that stuff ha is that I allow an opening for that stuff to come to me. The stuff that comes to you when you meditate could be the most important things that happen. And it's kind of like, if you've, if you've spent time at the gym, there's moments when you exercise that you can get into a meditative state. That does not mean that always when you exercise, you get into a meditative state. But there are other things you do in your life that probably likely get you there, that get you into a place where kind of everything turns off and it's like all of a sudden, the bullshit from the day leaves you and you're just like in this zone. Meditation is the most direct way to get you there. Um, and there's a lot of people and we're searching to find these moments of joy and happiness. You know, the saddest thing that I've seen from people is people who live for the weekends. They are waiting for the weekend to enjoy their life. They're waiting for Friday night and they blow it all out. I don't understand this. I don't live my life that way. I expect every day to be something purposeful and joyful. I will not work in a position that, and I mean, I work for myself, but I will not work in a position where I am waiting for a couple hours weekly to go the exact, basically to let loose so that I can suffer through another five or six days of fucking work. If you're living your life that way, I, I really think you need to take a step back. This is why attorneys get burnout. Burnout will be a whole nother uh, podcast, but this is why attorneys get burnout. And this is why a lot of people get burnout because you're not taking time every day to enjoy your life because you have 
been going so hard that you basically forgot to fucking stop and smell the roses because you don't play in your life because you don't because you don't calm down in your life because you haven't made your life work for you you've decided to work your life around everything else i don't live that way i have utter passion for what i do i absolutely fucking love it I love being able to talk about this stuff and bring this stuff to people because I think that it is life-changing and my goal is to make an impact on people in a way that they can go make a bigger impact on people. I'm not doing this just, just you know, to make a paycheck. I'm doing this because I think that if I help you guys improve your life, that you're going to be better attorneys that you're going to be able to stay in your practice longer, that you're going to be able to make more money, that you're going to be able to have long, fulfilling lives as parents. I want you to be more there than my dad was there for me, and I love my dad. I want you to be more there for your spouses so that um, you can have an amazing relationship and still have an amazing law practice. I don't want those to be mutually exclusive, and there's so many people that are just grinding the fucking gears down and their relationships are going by the sides their children are feeling like they don't have any time with them their um you know life is passing them by and then they're just trying to like get you know maybe blow it out on the weekend yeah why wouldn't you fucking drink what else are you supposed to do and I'm telling you, this is what else you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get into things that begin to make you joyful about life so you're not trying to numb out with all of these other things. It is easy to numb out. It's convenient. But when you stop doing it, it's, it's, you begin and you, and you begin to get into this and you begin to deal with these little things that are not working in your life and you learn how to begin to take control of them. It is a fucking beautiful thing. I swear to you, it is, it, it is, it is amazing. And, you know, we can't control everything that happens outside of us, but we can control how we react. Um, we can put ourselves back into feeling good about things regardless of when the situation is going to shit. I am one of the calmer people you'll ever see when life gets shitty. And part of it is, is I've trained myself. I used to freak out. I used to flip out over the littlest of things. It was, it was not becoming, by the way. <laughs> but also... Like, and I don't think, I don't think a lot of attorneys actually do that. I think that they maintain a calmness, but if you, if the inner hell is going on the, on the inside, then you haven't really dealt with it. And I've talked to a lot of attorneys and they're like, oh, I got to go blow it out in the gym before I go home. I'm my, my spouse won't even let me come home until I blow it out in the gym. Like that is not the point of this, you guys. The point of like meditation and I mean if you want to go abuse yourself in the gym great I love I mean I go hard in the gym I do I I love the gym but it is not self-punishing anymore when I go to the gym it is not about how hard I can go and it's not about um, it's not a stress relief the way it used to be for me I go to the gym because I want to have uh, I want to be healthy and I want to have the body that I want to have and I recognize it takes that to, to do it. And, you know, hey, I mean, let's, let's, let's go for that. So it's not some self-punishing, you know, cardio routine. And, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes is from, one of my favorite quotes has always been from The Wizard of Oz. You always had the power, my dear. You just had to find it for yourself. Like you have the power to take your life back. You just have to do it yourself. Um, I am going to share some some uh, in, some links to some meditations, and I do have some meditation programs coming up. So make sure you check those out on my uh, different media sites. And so people ask, where should you meditate? Meditate 
I mean, if you have a space you can dedicate to it, great. One of my meditations in the morning, I still do before I get out of bed. I literally turn on some headphones and I put it on before I put my feet to the ground. Usually about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Then I get up, go to the gym, then I come home, eat. Before I start work, I do a 10 minute meditation before I start work to get myself in a state. That one is a sitting meditation. Um, and it's a sitting meditation and I also often do chanting during that one. And chanting does not have to be anything special. Um, I actually learned this from a monk that, you know, the benefit of chanting, and, and you can think of it the same way, you know, when I mention a monk, I mean, you could use prayer beads. You could use prayer beads for it. You don't have to necessarily chant. Get out some prayer beads. Get out a rosary. A rosary and chanting are the exact same thing. You're repeating something over, over, over and over and over again. That is, a me- that is a type of meditation, you guys. It helps get out of your brain. The benefit of repeating something over and over and over again is you're not thinking about your fucking client that made you want to rip your hair out earlier that day. Or a client that you're just heartbroken about what's going on in their life or anything else. So you, and, and, you know, if there's something spiritual that's meaningful for you, you can chant that, you know, if you want to do the rosary and, or you want to do Om or you want to do, um, something that you want in your life, be careful about the words you use. I do believe words are powerful don't use negative things. Always use positive things. Something like, um, repeating the word peace. Maybe you feel like you need some peace in your life. You may, you may want some calm in your life. You may want to repeat the word calm. Love. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling with self-love and you just want to repeat the word love. Maybe you want to repeat the word that you love yourself. I love myself. Maybe you want to repeat the word, you know, and you can, it could be a very small phrase. It could be one word. It could be release. Maybe you feel like you're holding on to a lot of stuff and you just want to release it. And you just, you can put your beads, you can put prayer beads in your hand and just repeat that over and over again. Love, release, love, release, love, release. It's incredibly powerful. Doing that for several minutes will calm you and put you into a different state. So I do do a... Um, so I'll do some chanting for that one. And then I, and then I will sometimes do headphones. There is, I don't even know how many thousands of types of meditations you can find on the internet. I have not put mine up yet. I am developing those as we speak. Uh, possibly by the time you're listening to this, they may be out there. So make sure you check. But my goal is to put some that are, um, near and dear to my heart that I do but also share some specific ones that I think can make an impact on you. And we are going to talk about how to add breathing into this. Um, but the whole point of this is to get you into a state that you feel calm. The other thing that can be incredibly helpful is just visualization. Visualization is, is, is just getting you into the space. And so this is where you're going to use your senses to create your space. So, you could be in your living room sitting on a chair, but you are going to take yourself to a place that is your, um, your, your Zen spot, your place of peace, your secret garden, your beach, your mountains. Like everybody has something that's meaningful to them or that they feel calm. If it is a mountain scene for you, then I urge you to find to take yourself to that place. Maybe you're sitting at, maybe you're sitting by a lake in the mountains. You can smell the pine trees. You can smell the, the air. You can smell the water. You can, you, you know, you feel the breeze on your face. And this is where you begin to visualize this location. And as you visualize this location, this is going to calm your system as you are doing your meditation. And every time, and you can, and have the same place, you guys, you don't have to make, 10 of these. You make one. And every time you go there, you enhance it. You bring more peace to it. You bring more 
Um, maybe, you know, maybe you add a waterfall. Maybe you can hear the water dripping. Maybe you add the sound of birds chirping. Maybe you feel the breeze differently. Maybe you smell something. Maybe the seasons change. Maybe you add more flowers you like. Maybe, you know, you could do a beach scene where you just, you just hear the lapping of the waves up on the shore and you smell the salt in the air. One of the ones that I do very regularly is a garden. And I have myself slowly walking down into the garden. And there's 10 steps getting in there. And the farther I get into my garden, the deeper that I go into a relaxed state. And you're just breathing really calmly. And every time I go there, I make it more and more lavish, more flowers, more relaxing, more, you know, there may be birds. It's just, it's just a really calm state. And as soon as I imagine it, it automatically calms me because I'm so used to using that visualization. It could be an empty room. It doesn't matter what you do. Make it yours. This is where people need to make meditation theirs. And because there's so many teachers out there who are trying to do 85, you know, one specific thing and this is the only way and if you don't meditate like this then it's not going to do anything for you then I think that's what fucks everybody up over meditation it's like no this needs to work for you this needs to work for your life like if I tell you to go to the beach and you hate the beach because you had some bad experience with you know stepping on a jellyfish then you know every time you go to the beach you're going to be stressed out no don't go to the beach go wherever feels good for you and and do the visualization um and then uh, so using your senses so that you can see this in your mind, you can hear it, you can hear the sounds around you, you can, you can smell it, you can actually feel like you're touching it, like you imagine your feet touching the, the sand or touching uh, the grass on the ground or, you know, so you're using all of your senses and when you do that, you're not thinking about everything that's happened. That's how meditation works is we're turning all that stuff off and that helps to calm your thoughts and using audios are going to do that as well. And I'm not going to get deeper into this today because I think we've definitely touched on enough, but I want you guys to understand the power of meditation. So once you begin to implement just these types of things into your life, then you can begin to take the meditation to a different level. So like I was talking about Joe Dispenza using it as a healing tool in the way he does. Well, I've also used meditation for sales. I've used meditation for clients. I've used meditation for, um, to begin to bring things because, and I, again, I'm not going to get too deep into this today. And I, I know this always turns people off when you get into law of attraction stuff, but the more that you begin to focus on what you're looking for, the more the universe begins to help bring that to you. There is science behind this. There is a study that was, there's a fascinating study about how they've used even robots to that even robots are affected by our desires. I, and this is in, this is interesting. Um, and then they did this study with a bunch of baby chicks and basically, um, they took a randomizer, like a robot that had a randomizer. So a baby chick, when you take a baby chick, it will imprint on the first thing it sees, which typically should be the mother hen. Uh, but if it's not, it could be a person, it could be another animal, but it will imprint on that and it will see that as its mom. They took a bunch of baby chicks and had them imprint on this randomizer little robot. Now think of a randomizer as a Roomba, right? It's just designed to um, go straight and then randomly go left or right every time it hits a wall to begin to turn around so it will eventually cover an area. So they took this robot that was imprinted by these chicks and they set it into a cage with the chicks and just let it go multiple times and every time it was you know randomly all over the place you know left right over here and there and all that kind of stuff. Then what they did is they took all the baby chicks and they stuck them into a cage next to the pen that the robot was in. And then they studied the tracks of the robot. And the robot stayed next to the chick's pen, even though this is just a robot, the entire time. Because the baby chicks were so focused on the robot staying near them that they actually attracted it to them. 
I know that sounds fucking insane, but it is a study that was done. And there has been a lot of other studies on our power of our thought. They've done studies on the ability for pianists or people who are practicing piano to learn piano, even when they didn't practice it on the keys, they just did it in their mind. They have done studies on people who have, um, they, they,